Praise to the Lord, one bread, one body.
While you're standing, would you join me in prayer this morning, church? Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks. We thank you for the privilege we have in this great country to assemble in your house this day. Father, we give you praise and thanks because the table is set before us. And you include everyone coming to your table. So, Father, we ask a, a blessing on the elements already that you might touch them for us, that we might feel the living Christ through the body and through the blood. Father, open up our hearing this day. Open up our hearts. Open up our minds that we might clearly hear your word this day, Father. And when we leave this place this day, we know we've encountered the Holy One, the living Christ. We praise you and we thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Be seated, church. And least I not forget, good Sunday morning, church. There will be a short meeting after worship. The whole church is invited. I would encourage you, if there's any way possible, that you would all stay, because it does affect this congregation. It says 15 minutes. It will probably go six. That's the intention anyways. Some announcements for you. Uh, staff parish tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. American Heritage Girls in the fellowship hall at the same time. Ladies Bible study on Tuesday morning. Church council Tuesday night. Wednesday. Uh, I invite you because Wednesday night is the night that from the Methodist Church, we host Project Blessing. So from 4.30 to 7 o'clock, it would be nice to see some of your beautiful faces. Just to stop in and say hi, if nothing else. And last Thursday was a snow day, so there was no community soup. So this Thursday, there will be community soup. It's not in the, it's not in the announcements, but starting... Next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, at 6 o'clock here in the sanctuary, we're having prayer time. Because what we're going to talk about at the meeting today is going to need lots of prayer. I believe in the power of prayer, opening up the church for prayer time, because it is the direction where this denomination is going to go. So we need to be people of prayer There's a little blurb for next Sunday, Sweetheart Potluck. Um, and we're going to be doing the newlywed game again. We're going to be doing the newlywed game again. So again. we're going to need um, volunteers to participate as the newlywed. Great. That will be right after worship. So they can get a hold of me at 40. Are there any volunteers to be in the newlywed game? Karen and Ken? Great. It will be different questions. Well, we'll hook you one way or the other. Yeah, so you say. Any announcements from any of you folks this morning? Young Disciples.
young disciples, you, that's what it says. Hi, Zach. Hi. You coming up? Well, I'll open them after, okay? Or we'll let your dad open you. So let's talk about family. Who has a family? Right back there, huh? There's mama. You pointed right to mom. That's family. Who has family? I know that's your mommy. Who has fa- You guys have family? Liz, do you have family? Yeah. Yep. Who? Pastor Pat, do we have family? Do you guys out there have family? You know, and let me tell you something about family. Families can all be different. Pastor Pat is back there. He's behind, right behind there. Hunter wants to see him. There we go. You see him? Families can be all different. Like some families, they, um, they have a mom and a dad, and they gave birth to all their children, right? Some families have a mom and a dad, and some f- they couldn't have children, so they adopted children, right? There's other families, like I'm going to point out someone, she'll be totally embarrassed, like Cindy right there. See Mrs. Richardson right there? Cindy, oh, just a minute. Cindy has her own children, but then she has what they call foster children, and they came to live in her home. How many foster children do you think you've had, Cindy? About 100. About 100 over how many years? 20, 25. 25 years, and how many of those foster children did you personally adopt? Six. But that was your family, wasn't it? Every child that came in was part of her family. The church is like that, too, because we have the same thing in church. We have all different kinds of moms and dads and grandparents and great-grandparents, and that's wonderful because it makes you feel like you have a whole lot more people in your life, doesn't it? And they also have different kind of children where we have, um, if you look at it, like I'm a mom and a grandma, and I can look at you guys and say, like, you're my church family grandchildren. So that means if I didn't have grandchildren already, that means I've got some grandchildren, church family grandchildren, right? And, and we have older people and younger people and teenagers and babies. We got the whole thing here at Brown City Church, don't we, United Methodist Church? We have it all. We've got little babies, medium babies, big babies, bigger babies, <laughs> way big baby in the back on the sound system. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that sometimes in life, things aren't the way we want them, and maybe we don't, maybe like my grandparents are all gone, And I might be a little too old to have grandparents here, but I tell you, there are some older people in this congregation that really touched my heart and make me feel like I have a grandpa or a grandma. And it can be the same thing with my mom and dad are gone too, so I can look at my church family and feel like I have that love and that support coming from a church family. He's going to Ola. (laughs) There you go, Ola. So in, yes. Uh. 
Jesus, he he just died, and they and and they get back to you, and they got to God. That's right, and thank you for reminding me of that. Jesus, he was alive and he did die, and he did go back to God. But you know, if we have nothing else in our life, who do we have? We have God, we have Jesus, and Jesus can be our mom, Jesus can be our dad, Jesus can be our grandma or our grandpa, Jesus can be a lot of things in our life, and if we don't find them here on earth, we have that besides, that's our bonus, that's the plus, Jesus comes first. So if we feel like we have an empty heart, we just need to fill them with Jesus, and Jesus is our family, right? Shall we play, pray? Then we'll go play, okay? Okay, we can play. when we go down to church, right? Okay, let's pray. Repeat after Miss Karen. Dear Jesus, thank you for being my mom, for being my mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandpa. Thank you, Lord, for being all those things to me, and especially for being my Savior and my friend, right? Probably so. It's up to your mom and dad, though. Okay, shall we all say amen? Amen. Very good. Thank you. Nolan, you want Nolan? Will you take this back to Ken? I have to say something about your message this morning. When I first met Karen and her family, everybody wanted to hug you. I came from a home where there was no hugging. I came from a home where Friday and Saturday night, the sheriff was always there because either my mom was beating up my dad or my dad was beating up my mom. And many years later, I got involved in the church. And uh, they started talking about this one big happy family. And to this day, I still struggle with that. I've tried over my years in ministry not to compare the church to one big happy family. There's been time in my ministry when people have come to me uh, for counseling over uh, be a son having issues with his mother and I would have to refer them somewhere else because I could not pretend that I knew what it was like to have this uh, great happy family. And over the years in ministry, I have done my best to keep those comparisons separated because uh, I come from the most dysfunctional family on the planet. And then through my years of ministry, I've met people that uh, they've had a pretty rough go at it too. But I have to say that uh, there was a woman in Croswell, Kay Muir, she was the doctor's wife. And I was shabby looking then, worse than I am now. The beard was really long, always had a bandana on, had Harley Davidson shirts, and this woman thought I was a hell's angel and loved me 
just how I was and started to give me a, a different glimpse of what the church can be like. So I'm not there yet, but I'm getting closer than I was before. And a lot of you have had that impact on my life, that maybe it's okay. I'm not sure yet, but maybe it's okay to call this a happy family. I'm not sure, but I'm still working on it because I'm still working on me. And I hope in your issues, because we all have issues, right? Right? That you're working on those things that trouble you also. And that's all I have to say about that. So for someone who's not being prepared, thank you for uh, making these wheels spin a little bit. Got some prayer concerns for you. man in the hospital named Tom. Tom needs prayer this morning. man in the hospital named Dave. Dave's got severe health issues. Plus he's got the COVID. And then cousin Greg, who is still trying to recover from four months in intensive care with the COVID. Uh, most likely he will never go back to work, most likely he will never be quite the same. But our God is good. Share your prayer concerns this morning, church, or share your joys that you might have. Well, one joy, nobody got hurt Friday night at the parsonage. <laughs> so, Karen and I drove up to Grayling on Friday to pick up a couple couches that Auntie had that they were going to throw away. It's more than what we bargained for. The couches are beautiful white leather and they're over 20 years old. They were built when furniture was still sturdy, like when Fords were found on the side of the road. <laughs> and we got home and I couldn't move them out of the U-Haul trailer. I couldn't move it. So I called Trustee Chairman Ken. Oh, no, I didn't. I had Karen text you. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Because I was driving, and I don't talk on the phone when I drive. No, I don't. Cause it take, I need both hands on the wheel. Unless my knee's driving. But thank you for Ken and... Ed and Brian. Thank God for Brian. I think for all us three old men, it reminded us what it was like 30 years ago when you could just pick up the couch and move it over here by yourself. But then the door wasn't big enough and the light got broke. And Thank you. The thought of, the thought of this on a Friday night, out of nowhere, three brothers responded the way that you did. It was priceless. Thank you for that. That was a blessing. 
Now from you. Karen? Okay. Um, a few weeks ago, we asked for prayers for um, Kylan Nace. Oh, well, I don't, Sanders now. Nace, she was a Nason. Um, she did manage to um, make it to, I think, 32 weeks. She gave birth last Tuesday, and the baby is good. Still in the NICU just for some breathing issues, but um, thank God that she made it that far. And then also um, prayers for safe travel for Trisha and Andre. They're headed to Hawaii on Tuesday. And um, also thankful that they just bought a house, so we'll be helping them. Amen. Thank you for all the prayers for my mom. It turns out that her arm is not broken. It was either uh, or both a, a error on the side of caution at the urgent care or an act of God. But anyway, she's been very sore. I've needed to stay home for the first days, and, uh, but she's, she's doing fine on her own, and um, she's getting better every day, so I'm just thankful for that. Uh, speaking of their trip going up north to see their aunt and uh, anyways, Karen wrote a very nice letter in the lamp lighter that I got yesterday. Thank you very much. Um, touched my heart, made me tear up, but it was a very nice letter in there. And also, Ed, you're on schedule to be a greeter. If you read your lamp lighter, you'll know. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that letter. Dwayne, how are you? Pastor Pat calling. We're in the middle of worship right now down at Brown City United Methodist Church. I heard you came home. I heard you came home yesterday and you're uh, ready to meet Jesus. So I just wanted to call you and I wanted to, you to know that this congregation is going to pray for you this morning. And Well, we're going to lift you up in prayer this morning, brother. Okay. I miss you too, sir. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will call you again, okay? I just want, I told myself last night I'm going to call you in the middle of worship and let you know that this congregation is lifting you up in prayer this morning. Okay, Mr. Brooks, God bless you. Bye-bye.
Dwayne Brooks is a man who, I was his pastor in the Grayling Church. He's 88 years old. He just came home from the hospital. He's dying of cancer. He didn't want to go to rehab. He wanted to go home. So he could take his last breath at his house and then go home to be with Jesus. And when I got the word last night, I made a commitment to myself this morning. I was going to call him worship and let him know that we'll pray for him. Allowing me to do that. Other prayer concerns you have this morning? Any other joys that you want to share? Wow, bum you all out. <laughs> Let's talk to the Father. Father, you put people into our lives that forever change our direction. We can see Jesus Christ through young folks and middle-aged folks and older folks. I believe that's a gift from you, Father. And Lord, I, I rejoice this morning that Tom hears us this morning and Tom knows he's being prayed for. And as Dave's in intensive care struggling for breath, that he knows he's being prayed for. And as Greg is recovering, but will never quite be the same, Lord, unless you touch him and that miracle takes place. I still believe in your miracles, Father. And for Dwayne Brooks, who says he's ready to meet you face to face, thank you for the privilege that our paths have crossed. Father, there's unspoken requests on our hearts this morning. There are other names and situations that we may have forgot for the moment. But in all things, may we glorify you. May we surrender our, our way. and follow your way. Where does my help come from? I look to the heavens and I look to the mountains. But my help comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has made the heavens and the earth. 
the one who knows the number of hairs on our head. The one who knows when we will take our last breath. Father, I lift up this great nation to you. That we will and we can be one nation under God again. And the words that echo in my mind this morning is, rise up, O men of God. Rise up. Father, I thank you for each one in the sanctuary this morning and those who have joined us by technology. I think of Bob Milliken and the struggles physically that he's having. But I will always remember that one day he picked up your word and his whole life changed. And he has hope. Lift up Liz's mother to you. We thank you that it wasn't a broken arm. And what a blessing that her daughter can help take care of her. We lift up our educators and our young people in the school systems. We thank you for those men and women who drive the snowplow truck, the snowplow trucks, and help make our roads a little bit safer. Lift up a young family struggling with the COVID. Thank you that you meet us at our point of need, Father. Hear us as we pray, as we pray our Father. Ushers, if you would gather.
Father, thank you for the gift of finances. We were able to return a portion to your church. Father, help us to give the best we can give. So we thank you for the tithe, thank you for the gifts and the offering. That you might touch and multiply as you allow us to continue to be your church. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Time for young disciples to go. Are those Converse All-Stars she has on? Are they really? They go so well with that dress. They used to be like $8 when I was a kid. Now they're like $88. (laughs) I get a little emotional sometimes. When we were up at Auntie's house Friday, they sold the house. And the painters are there and all the stuff is being boxed up. And Sometimes life is tough. But God is always good. Holding hands with God. From Isaiah. Do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, you worm Jacob, little Israel. Do not fear. For I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One. Could you put that back up there again? Could you put it to the first verse that we started with? What do you tell? What do you tell an 88-year-old man that says he just wants to die? 
verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. I hope that's comfortable for him. I walked into the Sutton Sunshine Church one Sunday morning and a man used to sit in the very last pew. And he grabbed me by the arm that morning and Louis said to me, he said, Pastor, I'm tired. I want to go home. A week later we did his funeral. He wanted to go see Jesus. He had had enough of this physical suffering that his body endured for years and years and years. And he just wanted to go see Jesus face to face where he'd suffer no more. I got this little three-pound dog that when we lay together, we like to hold hands. His little bitty paws no bigger than my thumbnail. But when his paws in my hand, I get such comfort. So this little bitty dog comforts this big old burly guy. And it reminds me of the love of Christ. That in the midst of whatever we're going through, he'll take us by the hand and he'll love us unconditionally. Do you ever want anything? We all want stuff, right? Someone said to me this week, well, how come you have so much? I never thought I did. I never thought I had a lot. I think there's $7.40 in the checking account at the moment. And I, I'm good with that. And I said, I got everything I need. Well, I just don't understand that. I says, well, what do you want? And the list just grew. And none of it made any sense to me. You know what came to my mind was James 4 and 2. James 4 and 2. You have not because you ask not. See, I believe, and God has done it in my life over and over again. When I ask him for something, I get it. But check this out. I've told you the story about the white Corvette that I asked for, and I never got it. But all these years later, it makes sense. God only gives us what we need, what he knows we need. And you know what I need more than I need anything else? More of his grace. It was a little bit tricky driving Friday morning. 
you know, it snowed a couple days, it blew overnight. From here to 46, or from here to I-75 going down 46, it took two and a half hours. Roads were rough. But we, he gave us that traveling grace. And coming home, it was sort of funny. Right outside of Kingston, there's a farmhouse up on a hill. You may know the one I'm talking about. The driveway had not been plowed yet. And this person in the little neon thought they were going to make it to the top of the hill. And I just thought that was the most funniest thing I've ever seen. They made it in about from Elizabeth. And they're buried in snow this deep. I thought, why don't we use our, our, our real thinking brain at times in our life? Ezekiel 37 and 14. When you're struggling, and we do, Scripture says, I, this is what God tells us. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. We need to work on our relationship with Jesus Christ, especially in this crazy world that we live in today. I, you know, I, I, I go from place to place at times when I'm preaching. I was in a restaurant last night, and uh, apparently the waitress thought I was. I don't know what she thought. She kept laughing. She thought I was harassing her or something. I'm not sure. And at one point I said, well, this is just me. This is just me. I'm not going to pretend that I'm somebody that I'm not. This is me. I got flaws just like the rest of us. But we can make a big difference in people's lives with the gifts that God has given every one of us. Every one of you sitting here this morning, God has given you gifts to utilize in your circle, in your family or your workplace with your friends, whoever you come in contact with. You don't have to preach a sermon to them. What a lot of people want is they just want somebody to walk with them, to hold their hand and to listen to them. That's what I need. I'm, I'm working on a, next week I have an appointment with the District Board of Ordained Ministry. Something we do every year. And I've been working on my paper to turn into them. And I've tried to explain it because the question was, reflect on your commitment to the whole church and to mankind. They use the word humankind. Now I have to look at it. Is the whole church is how John Wesley referred to us? The world is our parish? Not just this church, but the church that's out there. And the church that's out there needs all of us. They need to be loved. They need to be cared for. They need people to come beside them and walk them by the hand. Then I started reflecting over the last 20 months. The last 20 months have been 
If it wasn't for Jesus taking me by the hand, I'd be in a mental institution. People in my life that I love die. People in the church die. All around us, there's people in trouble. I made a comment not long ago. It's got to get better than this. It really does. It's got to get better than this. And this is good. Serving this church is a good thing. It's a great place to be. There's beautiful people that I've met. But the world is tough right now. And the world is looking for us. Some of you have been in this building for a long, long time. And some of you were in other churches before you came here. And you probably know God's word better than I do. I was a drug addict drunk that God took out of the gutter and gave me this privilege. And I struggle with it sometimes because I don't think I'm worthy enough. But God makes us worthy. He's made you worthy. And it's time when I say rise up, O men of God. That's not slighting the woman. In this denomination of the United Methodist Church, if it wasn't for the United Methodist women, we'd be hurt. We really would be. But it's the man's role to be the spiritual head of the household. It's the man's role to be the spiritual head of the church. But men have gotten quiet. We live in a day and age where men are confused on what their role should be. And it shouldn't be that way. Take the hand of God and let him show you the way. He's the one holding on to me. You ever backslide? Anybody? You ever backslide? Yeah. Me too, brother. When I first became a member of the church, it sort of scared me. It really did. At that time in my life, in that particular church, there were several employees that I was a supervisor over in the school system. And I thought, holy smokes. If this is how church people act, I don't want nothing to do with them. But you know what? There's something different than church people when they're Christians. You see Christ in them. In every area of their life, you can see Christ through them. Instead, we just go and sit in the comfortable pew and we know nothing. We act like heathens when we walk out the door. You have to grip on to Jesus Christ for direction in your life. In the 16th Psalm, the presence of God is with you if you choose it. You've seen the picture of Christ at the door and there's no handle? He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. Knock! And it will be opened. Then there's protection for us. I believe that
You know, the funny thing about being 88 years old and the doctor tells you you're not much you can do and Dwayne even thinking, well, I'm tired, I'm ready. He can live, he can live to be 100 years old. Because it's not until God says, come on to me. We don't know. I, only God knows. He says, I know the plans I have for you. He knows what's going to go on in your life. You can glean truth from his word. Aunt Diane was a good one, Pam. You read the article. I hope the rest of you read the article because if you went into the closet, uh, there wasn't one or two napkins. There was a hundred napkins. If you needed to roll a toilet paper and went down into uh, the pantry, there wasn't one pack of toilet paper. There was ten packs of toilet paper. Uh, there was never enough. And I don't know if it's because she was raised in that depression air. I, I think maybe that was something to do with it, that there was a time that they never had anything. That, But his word says, don't store up on earth your treasures. Our treasures in heaven. When we see Jesus face to face, great is our reward. And I'm sure, I'm just speaking for myself, there's some shady moments in my journey of life. But we're forgiven. He forgives us. And he loves us. I was in that little room over there the other day, week, last week, with little Grady. And I talk about my little dog's hand in my hand. She got this three-year-old boy, and we're passing back and forth this. I'm not sure if it was a rhinoceros or what it was, but every now and then he'd put his hand right there. And I thought, thank you, Lord. This little man has gone through so much turmoil physically in his life at just three years old. Yet he's so full of love and joy. We need to keep him in prayer because he goes to doctor after doctor and they can't find out what's quite right with Grady. And then we need to pray for his, his mom, Amanda. I can only imagine how tough that journey is. I can only imagine. See, sometimes we focus on stuff that really doesn't matter. And there's people that we know that are fighting for their life, fighting to breathe, fighting to walk again, fighting to live a normal life. I had the privilege to, uh, the other day, take the check from the church up to Eva's place. And thank you, church. You, you gave $2,000 $1,985 or something like that to Eva's place. And I knock on the door and the lady opens the door, but the woman stand back and there. Looked like somebody boot stomped her. I thought, how sad. How sad that you, we have. To, and, you know, 20 some years ago, I was one of the. Original, I was with the founders when we created Eva's Place. 
So it's a wonderful blessing to see it all these years later. But it's also sad that we live in a society where uh, if a man has an issue, he'll boot stomp his woman. That doesn't make any sense to me. I'll put this out there. You want to boot stomp somebody? Come and boot stomp me. I haven't always been a preacher. I boxed when I was in the Army. Heavyweight champion at Fort Wayne, right, Alaska. Even though I'm a few years older, I still got something for you. I still got something for you. Especially if you think you got to beat up on women. It's a crazy world we live in. Take a hold of Jesus' hand. And we'll get hope. We can find healing. Now we have the privilege to come to his table. Come on, Lonnie. Would you pray with me, church? Father, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice. Father, make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by your blood. Father, by your Spirit, make us one with Christ one in ministry to each other until you come in final victory and we'll feast at your heavenly banquet through your son Jesus Christ with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church all honor and glory is yours almighty Father now and forever Amen
brought to them we're going to come around this way don't try getting up okay I'll move your the body of Christ
we're not going to do the closing hymn. Ken? We're all done. I'll keep you.